my next guest lives to help people. Vince Moffat has been a raft guide, rock climbing instructor, but his heart was in public service, so he became a firefighter. While he was fighting fires and rescuing people, he started his own business doing swift water rescue and has traveled the world training people how to do it in other countries. He volunteered with and worked for Team Rubicon, a veteran-based disaster relief organization that helps veterans reintegrate into civilian life by mobilizing them as a disaster relief force. Again, he traveled the world doing that. When his parents decided to retire, he bought the family business, Basin Home Health. He's running the business now and noticed that lots of people don't have the ability to benefit from hospice care. He also noticed that there was no organization in the area that could help. So that led him to his latest effort. Vince started a nonprofit organization called Basin Good Neighbor Fund that helps people pay for hospice care and related expenses. He's seen a lot and done a lot, and I can't wait to get him in the truck to hear about some of it. I say some of it because it would probably take weeks to hear all of Vince's tales of adventure. Want to see how it goes? Come along for the ride in Ken's Think Tank. Ken's Think Tank is made possible by the following sponsors. Trattoria de Bernadoni is Farmington's authentic Italian restaurant. Rooted deep in Italian history, the Bernadoni family treats your family to food that loves you back. Drop in and tell them Ken sent you. You'll be glad you did. From the moment you walk into the caveman's grooming, you understand this is no average barbershop. This is a place for men in their grooming needs. In a world full of guys, be a man. Drop by the caveman's grooming and join the revolution. 505 Motorsports in Farmington is awesome. They sell vehicles of all makes and models, as well as four-wheelers, motorcycles, boats, RVs, and more. They even offer in-house financing and co-signment. I was thinking, you, you know, I was wondering if we were going to do the old thing from when you and you and I were probably in high, I didn't go to high school here, but you go drive around the hills and drink Tours Light, like, you know, they used to do back in the old days, <laughs> farm town stuff. You know, really, what would be fun if we did this, if you want to change it up, where you could sing me, like, car karaoke, you could sing me your questions and I could do interpretive dance and you have to figure out the answer. Remember um, on Carpool Karaoke when the Red Hot Chili Peppers were on there? Oh, yeah, yeah. And Anthony Keaton, and they go out and wrestle in somebody's yard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they like, so we and I should probably stop and wrestle in someone's yard. And then they all took their shirts off, and I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, we're going to do something weird. <laughs> Have fun with it. So let's back up. You said, you mentioned that you didn't go to high school here. So um, so where, where are you from originally? Yeah, well, so I was born here, but in third grade. Um, we sold everything we owned and bought a motorhome yeah. and moved to Alaska. Really? Yeah. And uh, we we lived in other areas in that motorhome for a few years, Arizona in the desert, and did different things. And then we finally ended up in Mancus. Spent about four or five years there, and then Colorado Springs. I went actually went to high school in the Air Force Academy. You're talking about oh yeah. Air Force. So I went yeah. to high school in the Air Force Academy, graduated there, um, and then after I got out of school, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have money for college. I didn't even know what to do. So yeah. I moved back here. Okay. My grandparents lived here, and ended up, uh, you know, staying. So you moved back here, and you became how you became a firefighter. What led yeah, you so, to that? Well, um, so at the time, you know, I was looking for. Um, a career. I was working as a raft guide and a rock climbing instructor and starting starting my family and um, you know really that raft guide instructor 
or I mean, rap guiding is not a really good uh, way to make a living. I mean, you can do it. They, it's fun. Yes, it was fun. And I've been able to do it my whole life, which l- luckily the fire department panned out. But I, you know, I think public safety just was something I was interested in. I wanted to do something that was a little bit more adventurous and exciting. And so I put my applications for police department and the fire department. I okay. thought, hey, you know, I'm not going to be able to join the military because I'm starting a family. So these are the, the probably the perfect things for me to be able to get involved in and service-oriented, good careers, and thank God the fire department called me first um, instead of the police department, because I think I made the right choice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, loved it. And, uh, you know, it was a, a real rewarding career. It provided me with opportunities. You know, like, when I left the fire department, um, you know, my career was able to grow exponentially in the area of um, instruction and disaster response and things like that. But I think it's a testament to Farmington Fire Department because of the things they allowed us to be involved in. Um, you know, I was on a FEMA USAR team where we responded to, like, Hurricane Katrina, for example. Things that in other departments in other cities, it would take you 30 years in that department to be able to do. And yeah. because of Farmington, and, and as forward-thinking as our, our department was and chief was and stuff to allow us to do that. So, um, yeah, so I did that and loved it and still, you know, very much part of who I am and retired and did the royal rescue thing and did, now did you teaching. start that while you were still a firefighter yeah, or so after I, yeah so i because of the raft guide and the rock climbing instruction thing i was um doing rescue instruction too and when i got on with the fire department it obviously lent, lent itself hand in hand to complement it and so i was doing a lot of swift water rescue and rope rescue and in 1997 i incorporated um and and was teaching throughout that time and when I when I retired from the fire department I started getting some bigger contracts like I was going to Dubai and doing classes in Dubai I did a bunch of volunteer work with the fire service in in Mexico I did a bunch of stuff in Haiti so I was able to um, continue to to leverage that and you know we just had classes here the past couple weeks we have people from all around the really the world that come here so we go other places too but we had departments from Rio Rancho and um, Sandoval County that came in the past two weeks and did training here in Farmington and Durango. We, we kind of move them around to different locations based off what we're doing. We got um, the Hawaiian National Guard are yeah. coming in next month um, to do a bunch of uh, swift wire training. We go there and do training for them. So, um, yeah, it's, and, you know, and when I was doing that, I was volunteering with a group called Team Rubicon, and... Uh, Eventually, they offered me a job and uh, started out as an interim position and turned into a you know a permanent position. But I was I loved it. I'm passionate. About it. I still volunteer for them and still believe in the organization. So it's a veteran-based disaster relief organization that helps veterans reintegrate um, into civilian life through continued service. So we take veterans and first responders, um, take the skill sets from both of them, combine it to go and to help people and to help our veteran population. To help communities that have been affected and and with that i was traveling all around the world to disasters i mean i went to nepal to the earthquakes i went to the philippines to the right. you know, to typhoon Haiyan, and um you know different different places and to the uk for flooding and then all over the u.s and man i just i feel so grateful to be able to have those opportunities those experiences um and so so how does that work it, team rubicon um, is a is a nationwide organization do they have kind of a central deal or do they have chapters yeah so actually we're we're now um in all all kinds of countries yeah (laughs) you know like for example you know the veterans in those other communities need the same thing that our veterans here needed and so we found that 
that lend itself to that. But yeah, so there's a national headquarters, um, but there's they're based off in different, um, I, I guess, uh, regions of the country, and okay. uh, they just reorganized, so they're in. Uh, they kind of changed the way it's made up. But before it was the easiest way to explain it was the FEMA has. Um, these regions in the U.S., so we model it after that. So, okay. for example, I was in Region 6, which was New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, right. uh, Louisiana, and, and Arkansas. So that was one region, but we would go to other regions on the national. So we kind of, and then we do a local okay. thing. So there's a local group here. And, you know, for example, the flooding that happened after the fires up in Durango. Yeah. We went out and helped some of the people there, the community, um, remove their damaged drywall and the, 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 the we call it muck out the homes. and. We went to Houston. We right now they're in Nebraska. They're in Africa because of the flooding. So they take those smaller groups and they can leverage that to a bigger, bigger group. So it's a really cool group of people hanging out with. They're the type of people that are like my best friends. You know, right? They're they're just like the fire service guys. So so the idea is that that veterans, um, many veterans have a hard time when they get out of the military. They have yeah. a hard time adjusting to civilian life. It's a it's a one hundred percent different life. I'm a ten year veteran. And, and, um, it took me a long time to, to, um, adjust to what I was calling complete and utter anarchy out in the civilian world, in the workplace and everywhere I looked, it was just crazy. And, um, so, so veterans have a hard time adjusting to that kind of a deal and you tend to lose your sense of purpose and exactly in the family that you're, that you're. Yeah. You know that you're around because everybody that you're you it's not coworkers they're family you know people's lives are in your hands and um, they you know in that circumstance they're no longer coworkers they're family and so you miss your family and everybody's now a coworker and and uh, yeah. so anyway so you same thing with the fire service random veterans and stick them yeah. in a place they will immediately know how to work together totally. and and do this thing and they'll love it and so um yeah. and i and i that's what i missed when i left fire department and so i yeah. could relate to that for sure and so it was something i needed and i got that back and then i always tell people like hey look even if like with veterans for example i'm like even if you don't feel like you need it you can mentor someone who does right you know you can be a someone who got out of the military you're super successful you went in another career you, you know right. all these things and you're like hey i'm good but there's this young kid coming out tomorrow sure. who, who's, yeah. you know, literally doesn't know how to problem. get his life together. Right. And you can you can mentor. And, man, I see so many success stories. That a lot of people, maybe they're not ever going to work again. Maybe they're fully disabled, sure. you know, whether, whatever the reason. And, and they now still need that because they are depressed and they're lonely, yeah. like you said. They, yeah. they miss that. But, yeah, I gave all that up to come back to Farmington. <laughs> <laughs> so while all this was going on, you're parents actually founded Basin Home Health. Yeah, 1992, they started Basin Home Health. There's three of them. And uh, my mom, my dad, my, my ex-wife, who's a nurse um, now, she then she was working as a CNA. Okay. Um, and now we have over 700 employees. Um, it's amazing how it's grown. And, and so here in Gallup and Grants? Gallup and Grants. We have offices in Gallup and Grants. And uh, even though your your parents founded it and your your other family members founded it and, and ran it and all that kind of thing now uh they they decided it's time to retire it's time to go off and do other things right and so it's yours yeah so i so i moved back it was um in 2017 hey and speaking of living born here and living here this is a house we sold 
But really? We sold everything and moved to Alaska. On this corner? Yeah, this is it. Sweet. So, yeah, that was the house we lived in back then. I have a lot of memories from the park out here and, yeah. you know, playing in the park. Um, yeah, so my, my mom and dad, uh, my, my sister worked for him for years, and unfortunately she passed away a few years ago. And when she did, um, I, I had no, really no thought. I was doing my thing with um, disaster response and, and fire rescue and things, and um, they decided they wanted to retire and um, looked at it, and I said, you know what? This is a good opportunity for me to come back. Um, it's definitely a, a great business, doing some really good things in the yeah. community. Um, kind of fit into with with the the way you look at things. Yeah, and my what philosophy in life. On your own. So. Sure. So yeah, so I, I bought it and uh, jumped in, you know, both feet yeah. and learned a totally different industry. And uh, luckily, I have really good people. And you know, one of the things that was important to me is identifying the culture and protecting our culture based off what I was talking about, Team Rubicon. Okay, what is that culture and basin? And let's right. let's refine it. And let's make it even better. Right. Um, so service based and treating people the way they want to be treated, not the way I want to be treated. Right. Cultural issues. There's all these other issues, and and finding a group of people that can support that. And uh, I have some really good managers working for me, and we've we've built a great team. And uh, I can help provide some of the vision and the you know the the, the big picture stuff. And they they really get down to the nitty gritty stuff. And uh, it's really been a, a good thing. And so a, a thing that you're you're just starting now is uh, something that you're uh, the Basin Good Neighbor Fund. So what is that? So one of the things, PMS used to have a nonprofit a few years ago, um, that they, a hospice nonprofit, and they, they unfortunately had to close down. And um, there's no um, fund here really. You know, I know you had Ginger Palmer on the yeah. show the other day, and she talked about some of the great work that, the, Med, the yeah. San Juan Medical Foundation is doing yeah. it's some great, there's a lot of great things there, but there was no fund for hospice patients. And um, if they're uninsured, underinsured, insured, which happens a lot, you know, um, they're, you know, Medicare covers a lot. They have a hospice benefit, but okay. unfortunately, a lot of patients that need um, hospice are under the age of 65 and maybe they don't have insurance or maybe their insurance doesn't cover it. Right. So... We started the start a fund. We just started up so that we can help those people um, who um, require medical services or they're actually terminal patients. Um, right now, we're meeting on, on saying that the parameters on how that'll work. Um, we feel very strongly that the patient will be able to choose which hospice they go to. There are other hospices in uh -huh. town, and uh, we want to give that patient the, the opportunity to choose that. So we're trying to gear it up so that we can. Um, have some fundraising opportunities so we do have money to work with right and we can pay it back to these people in, in a, a set amount um, let's say five thousand dollars for that patient so they can use for a hospice benefit for wh wherever organization they want to choose um, and you know the, the patient may maybe they don't even choose to, to use hospice maybe they they're terminal but they require some help with DME supplies or something like that sure those people need to need help too and um, I just think it's such a powerful thing when someone's dying to be able to give them the best experience possible. Yeah. Um, and by the way, just because a patient chooses hospice um, does not mean that they're going to die tomorrow. Right. It just means that, hey, look, I know that, you know, my death is imminent and I want to have the high, highest quality of life that I can with the sure. days I've left. Right. You know, just because someone doesn't have insurance, they should not be robbed of that experience. Yeah. Yeah. And there's probably, there's people who are, are transient, that live on the streets, that, that are terminal as well. You know, how can we help them? And 
I just feel it's really, you know, it's part of, you know, that service-based thing that I've been involved in my whole life that I think, you know, we all need to look for opportunities to be able to, to engage. And this was an area that was an unmet need in our community. Uh, right. So. so with this with this Good Neighbor Fund, people would be able to kind of apply So they would apply, funds? and we're setting up the parameters right now um, on the guidelines of what would actually deem them um, as far as uh, medically indigent. Sure. Um, and once we have those set, they apply, they'd be accepted if there's funds available, um, which my hope is this will grow into be uh, one of the most popular funds in, in San Juan County, but right. um, for people to donate to. We are a 501c3, so there is that. And then they would receive that benefit based off of their, their financial need. Right. And like you said, this wouldn't, you know, it's the Basin Good Neighbor Fund, you run Basin Home Health. It wouldn't necessarily be so that people can purchase your services sure exactly i it, think that's it a, would, <laughs> like you mentioned that if you with this fund you could essentially help someone pay for someone else's services not your own yeah and so that goes back to the whole thing of one of my philosophies is i call it coopetition yeah <laughs> so yeah. you know you've just, mentioned that before yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I i don't know if that word exists but it should now it and should. i want to point it that'll be that'll be the one thing i, I you know i can start a non-profit but and then volunteer and do stuff my whole life but it's Coopetition is the word yeah. I want to be known for. Yeah. But, you know, here's the thing. This this town is a good example of this. We need it businesses is. to be successful. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a home health care company went out of business a couple years ago, and it, and it really stressed the system. It stressed our, our capabilities. It stressed right. our, our competitors. And just because we're competing doesn't mean that we're not good people and that we're not hiring some of the same people. Someone who works for me is going to work for them next year, right. maybe. I mean, who knows? So I think so it's, it's important to be co the competition and support each other in a way. Right. I want people to choose my services. I want to choose my company, but maybe I'm not the right one for them. If not, right. you know, one of these other ones might be. There you go. And with hospice, especially, I mean, I, I'm a big freedom of choice kind of guy. You know, you deserve the right to be able to choose where you get those services. And just right. because you choose someone else, I shouldn't exclude you from this. And hopefully it makes our donors feel good about being involved in it as well, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's also hopefully going to build relationships with, with these other agencies so that we can do a better job of, you know, there's a lot of issues that we should work as a team to address that, you know, benefits all of us. Right. So you're, you're still kind of working out <clears throat> all the details and whatnot, but, but you're also in, in uh, of course, you're putting forth your own money or the organization's money and, yeah so and yeah i've invested in the, the first um initial investment for the for the foundation and we you know we had been donating or i shouldn't say donating you know we'd have sometimes the indigent patient or someone who needs something like you know a good a good example would be someone has medicare and so they have a hospice benefit but they need they have a hole in their roof where they actually you know we go in and it's like oh my right. gosh you have a hole in your roof yeah <laughs> if it rains it, water comes in if it's not so you know we pay to have that work done on their house right. or, you know, building wheelchair ramps or something like this. This just gives us another opportunity to engage and to allow people who maybe have those skill sets to get involved. But the initial seed money for sure for the foundation came, you know, we, we were able to set, set that up and um, we've already um, been able to do a little bit as far as with some utilities that were needed with, with some patients and stuff right. that utilities were going to get turned off. But that's small, that's small beans. And I think we need sure. to really, focus on the big picture stuff and that's what we're trying to do right now with establishing okay you know 
what are we want to make sure we have a good um, a list of you know hey how do you qualify you know this right. is what you need to do to qualify and how much are you going to be able to receive how much help are you going to be able to receive right and adjust that and you know there's a lot of people that out there that maybe have some ideas and if they do I'd love to hear them maybe some education out there about having those conversations around death. We typically don't like to have those conversations. No. So we don't, we don't discuss those things with our Yeah, family. you want to be positive, right? Yeah. And you, and you don't want to be... Oh, you're going to be okay. Yeah, it's all good. It's like, and, and, and that's great. Sure. I, it's like, hey, okay, you know, when you walk out of this hospital, this is what we want to do. and this is what we, But at the same time, let's just have a conversation just in case... Options. Yeah, just in case you don't. You yeah. know, do you, do you want to be cremated or do you want to be buried? Right. You know? Right. Um, you know, and even so far as... You know, hey, you know, like for me, I, I told my kids, hey, I want some cross Canadian ragweed um, played at my funeral. I want some Grateful Dead played at my funeral. Yeah. You know, I don't, yeah. you know, don't, you know, I'm a Christian, but at the same time, I mean, this is who I am, yeah. right? You know, yeah. and so um, I think that that's, those are the types of things that are really important to, to you know, that I'm like, hey, this is who you are as a person. Let's make it, yeah, make it right. But let people know. But before that, what, what experience you, do you have you not yet had that you still want to have? Right. You know? Right. Uh, and let's do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, right on, man. Well, it sounds like good stuff. Yeah, this is fun. So. I tell you what, um, you know, I know you, you're filming us to do this, but yeah, we, I just ride around with you anytime. We just go around and drink coffee. Right. You don't have to film. <laughs> just talk. It's been fun. And, you know, and I really, I really think we should consider doing the whole, uh, you know, you singing me the questions and I'll, <laughs> I'll do some sort of interpretive dance and you can figure out what. Let the viewers decide what we're saying. <laughs> We've had yo-yo tricks in here. Uh, we, we've got to have interpretive dance. Well, when I saw Red so, Hot Chili Peppers and those guys, and they yeah. took their shirts off, and then they went and wrestled, I was like, man, Ken and I are going to have yeah. a blast. Yeah. <laughs> and it was raining today. We could have actually worked out some mud wrestling. Dude, it would have been fun. I'll tell you what, that would have been classic. I don't know. We, and nobody probably would choose my, my businesses anymore for their services, but, you know, at least I would have went out with a bang. The guy, the guy with the, the monkey riding the pig that likes a mud wrestle, you know. There it is. He'd be legendary. Got to be known for that. Competition, right? Competition. Perfect. Well, good. Well, it was fun. I appreciate it. So, you know, I don't know how we're going to end this. I know you and Ginger, like, made out in the car. Right. <laughs> I try to make out with most of my guests, but the ones that are uncomfortable with that, we can just shake I appreciate it. I'm cool with that. So, yeah, there you go. Real family. Ken's Think Tank is a web series talk show recorded in video format and converted to audio for this podcast. Find all video and audio episodes at kensthinktank.com. I know who you are. I know what you want. If you're looking for print and radio ads, I can tell you that's not what I do. But I do have a particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a godsend for business owners like you. If you hire Ken Collins Marketing to build your website, people who look for you online will be able to find you. But if you don't, they will look for you. They won't find you. And you'll go out of business. KenCollinsMarketing.com